BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for being here. Right now, we're going to take a look at some of the big-time decisions that your Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have to face this offseason entering the 2023 season. There's a lot of contract decisions, a lot of roster movement that is going to happen here in Jacksonville following the 2022 campaign. We're going to dive into it. We already did a three-round mock draft earlier this week for the Jaguars. Now we're looking at some of those roster situations the Jags are going to have to uh, going to have to face and make some tough decisions here. And the reason we're doing this is because it's the bye week. Jaguars are three and seven. They're they're on a bye in week eleven, so there's no football to talk about right now. We will get into previewing. The Jaguars week 12 matchup with the Ravens next week. But for now, we're still looking ahead to the future, kind of taking some inventory, seeing what's going on with the Jaguars, just taking a quick look ahead at some of those decisions they're going to have to face, like I mentioned. like to remind you to follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. You can hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Also hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show on here. If you want to support the channel further, you can become a channel member. You can also check out genjag.com, pick up some new new Duval gear. We've got a Jack's Varsity sweatshirt available for pre-order through next Tuesday. Just dropped yesterday. You can go check it out, genjag.com. But let's look at these contract situations, some roster issues the Jaguars are facing as soon as the 2022 season ends. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be over the cap to start the 2023 offseason, which means before they do anything, they're going to have to figure out how to massage that number, how to get that number down. The easiest way to do that is to look at some of the contracts they signed prior to 2021 that have two-year outs, two-year team outs, right? Guys that signed prior to 2021 have now been on the team for 2021 and 2022, There's some two-year outs in those contracts that uh, players signed. And, you know, even though it was only about a year and a half ago, that's the way this league works. Two-year contract or three-year contracts with two-year outs, you're probably not going to make it to that third year unless you're playing exceptional football. Um, And when you look at some of those players the Jaguars signed, I think it starts with Shaquille Griffin. Uh, He's scheduled to be making a ton of money in 2023, but the Jaguars can uh, can get rid of that contract pretty quickly. 
and pretty easily. And, you know, I think Shaq Griffin is a good leader. I think that he's a good glue guy on a football team. But right now, in 2022, he has not been performing at a level of a starting corner, in my opinion, and certainly not a starting corner that is set to make um, $17.5 million against the cap in 2023. If the Jaguars do move on from Shaquille Griffin following the 2022 season, they're going to save a boatload against the cap. And um, that does sort of create a hole at the left cornerback spot opposite Tyson Campbell. But you could argue there's already a hole, even with Shaquille Griffin on the roster. Hasn't been pretty. The Jaguars, if they move on from Shaq Griffin at the beginning of the offseason, they're going to save $13.5 million against the cap, which... It just almost feels like a foregone conclusion. I don't know how you bring Shaquille Griffin back at that number. If you're Shaquille Griffin, would you rather take a diminished contract? If you're the Jaguars, do you even want to pay him a diminished contract, a restructured contract? That one just feels like a situation where it might be best for both parties to move on. Then you've got Roy Robertson Harris, who is another 2021 free agent signing by the Jaguars. He's had some ups and downs, dealt with a lot of injuries in year one with the Jaguars. Overall, I think he has played at a at a decent level, but playing more like a rotational player than a full-time starter, in my opinion. His cap number in 2023 is $10.1 million. If the Jaguars decide to move on, they'll save 7.8 against the cap. So you talk about Moving on from Shaquille Griffin, moving on from Roy Robertson Harris, potentially, that's $20 million you're saving against the cap in 2022. And um, again, I, I like Roy. I think he's a good locker room guy. I think he's a hard worker. I think he does present some value as a rotational player, but he's being paid to be a starter right now for the Jaguars. And at this point, it's hard to say that he's lived up to the contract he signed two years ago. Now, have a lot of Jaguars struggled over this two-year period? Yeah, but it doesn't look like Roy Robertson-Harris, at 29 years old, is going to take some massive leap forward and really start earning those those dollars that he signed as a starter. He's more of a rotational-type guy. That's what he was in Chicago. That's what he should be in Jacksonville. But uh, I I don't know how you keep that contract around unless you really restructure it and reduce the cap number and push it forward. But for a 29-year-old guy that's not performing at a super high level, either as a pass rusher or run defender, I'm just not really seeing the value there. Now, the final one I want to look at that, that would save the Jaguars a lot of money from the 2021 free agent class if they do decide to move on is starting safety Rayshon Jenkins. And he had a disappointing first year in Jacksonville. There's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, I think when you look at what he's done for the Jaguars in 2022, it's much harder to say, yeah, they should definitely move on from Rayshon. That contract isn't working out because 
He hasn't been super consistent in coverage, but he has been making some big plays in coverage. He's been making a lot of big plays against the run. He seems to fit Mike Caldwell's defense pretty well overall. Now, again, is he giving up some plays in coverage? Yeah, probably more than you would like. But he is a free safety. He's more of a box player. Uh, If you value what he's bringing to you, which is big pass breakups, uh, big plays against the run, and yeah, some coverage busts, then maybe you keep him around. Maybe you try to modify that contract. But the Jaguars would save $6.25 million against the cap by moving on from Rayshon Jenkins. The one thing, you look at the safety position and even interior defensive line. If you move on from Rayshon Jenkins, you can certainly sign a safety out there. This is still an undervalued position in terms of how much they're being paid. You should be able to find a safety that's a veteran to come in and fit your system and pay them a lot less because you can uh, massage that year one cap hit, push it down the road with the prorated signing bonus, um, and really have a much cheaper safety room in 2023 if you want it. Jenkins is 28. You could also just try to restructure the deal, try to make it a little bit more team-friendly in 2023. I do think Rayshon Jenkins brings a lot of energy to that defense. I think he's a hard hitter, uh, and he he busts his ass on special teams, um, an emotional leader of sorts, in my opinion. So I could see that one going either way. I really could. But I do think the Jaguars are much more likely than not to move on from Shaquille Griffin and Roy Robertson-Harris. I think there's a good chance Rayshon Jenkins falls in that bucket as well, despite the, some of the success he's had in 2023. That would be a difficult decision for me. Now, you've also got players that are on expiring contracts, right? Players that you got to worry about bringing back, potentially. I think it starts with Jawan Taylor. Talked with Brent Martineau about this yesterday on his show. What do you do about Jawan Taylor? Because I think Jawan is playing very well this year in pass protection. Uh, He's had two down weeks. Unfortunately, those two games were against the two best teams the Jaguars have played when you talk about the Eagles and Chiefs. So if you're talking about Jawan Taylor not being able to play against the big boys, that's an issue. But... I think you still have to look at the big picture of the 2022 NFL season and say that Jawan Taylor has been fantastic in pass protection. Is he ever going to be a super consistent run blocker? Probably not. But that's not what you're paying these guys the big bucks for. You're paying them to protect the passer, to protect Trevor Lawrence. And for the most part, Jawan Taylor's done a really good job of doing that this year. He has had epic collapses against the Eagles and Chiefs, but if you're talking about playing close to elite football and pass protection in eight out of 10 games, you're going to take that if you're a head coach, if you're a GM. So do you want to keep Jawan Taylor around? I think, yeah, you would love to keep him around, but on an expiring contract coming off the best season of his career so far, if he continues to play the way he's played for the most of 2022, he's a former second round pick. He's, he's got talent. Physically, he's got the talent, and now he's put it together here in terms of playing pretty consistently for a full season. 
His over-the-cap valuation by overthecap.com is $12.3 million. I don't believe that he's going to sign for $12.3 million. If you were able to keep Jawan Taylor around for $12.3 million, I think you sign on the dotted line right now. But uh, my thoughts are that he's probably going to be looking for more of a Cam Robinson-type deal. You know, Cam Robinson was not coming off a season as strong as the one Jawan Taylor is having right now. And I know left tackles do get paid a little bit more than right tackles, but I think you're going to be looking at, at the very least, north of $15 million to bring Jawan Taylor back. I would be fine either way, because if you want to say, look, Jawan Taylor... He has been a he has been a key to this offensive line's performance in 2022. He has anchored that right side, and with Jawan and Cam Robinson, we feel like we have two quality tackles that can get the job done for us. I get that, I really do. But on the flip side, do you want to be paying three offensive linemen premium money? Is that a good allocation of resources? Maybe. I don't really have a problem with that. The problem I have is if you're Trent Balky and you drafted Walker Little in the second round of the 2021 NFL draft, how do you foil that? How do you how do you take a guy that high and then have him ride the bench in year three? 45th overall pick. I don't know how that works. Um I would say you could try to move Walker Little if you wanted. Uh, try to get some draft capital from a team maybe um, maybe during preseason or early in the season next year where maybe a team is a tackle away, they think, from competing at a high level. Maybe they lose a tackle, whatever happens, and you get some value out of that. Maybe. Uh, if it was up to me, I would probably try to roll with Walker Little and use the money I would spend on Jawan Taylor elsewhere. Again, because you drafted Walker Little to be a starter. You don't draft players in the second round to ride the bench. So, you know, I'm not at practice every day. I don't get to see every little thing that these guys do. But based on what I saw throughout training camp, based on what I've seen during his limited in-game action, I don't think there's any reason Walker Little can't be a starting right tackle in the NFL. Is he going to play as effectively as Jawan Taylor has this year? You'd be hard-pressed to say yes, again, just based on Jawan Taylor's body of work in 2022 and pass protection. It has been very impressive overall. What do you do there? Jawan's still really young. You don't want to let these types of guys walk out the building. These are the types of guys you want to keep around. When you talk about players you've drafted that are developing, that are playing good football, those are the ones you want to keep in the building, right? So that's a really tough decision the Jaguars are going to have to make, and it might just come down to brass tacks. It might just come down to money. We'll see how it plays out. Could they employ... The franchise tag again. Kick the can down a road, the road a little bit, but make sure you have Jawan in the building. Would Jawan be um, be happy to sign a franchise tag? Most players are not. We'll see. You've also got starting receiver Marvin Jones on an expiring contract. He is going to be 33 next year, but 
still playing some really effective football as a go-up-and-get-it type of receiver. He doesn't have to create a ton of separation for Trevor Lawrence to feel comfortable throwing him the football. He can just kind of go be that possession receiver where even if he's blanketed a little bit, you feel like you can throw it to him and have a chance for him to come down with it. So when you talk about Marvin Jones, what's it going to cost you? Probably not a lot. He signed for fairly cheap here before. But do you just want to move in a younger, cheaper direction? That's going to be the question with Marvin Jones. And if you do that, you're probably looking at drafting someone at some point in third, fourth, fifth round to replace Marvin Jones. Or go earlier and really try to upgrade Marvin Jones. You could do that as well. Um, But I think Marvin is a good locker room guy, a good leader. I think he's performed fairly well on the field for the Jaguars over the last two years. Excuse me. So that's another decision. Going to be 33, though. Tight ends. Your top three are all free agents. Evan Ingram signed a one-year deal with the team this year. Um, Chris Manhurts is uh, on the second year of his two-year deal. And then you've also got um, Dan Arnold, who is on the final year of his deal. What do you do at that spot? You've got Luke Farrell in the building. You feel like you can... Roll with him as a potential blocking tight end, I think. Maybe your top blocking tight end. He'll be in his second year in 2023. Excuse me, third year in 2023. But what do you do there? Do you try to bring back Evan Ingram, who I think has overall been an impressive receiving target for the Jaguars? A guy who you can get the ball to quickly and he can make some things happen with his quickness and speed. A guy who you can kind of threaten downfield a little bit with. That connection down the field has not been as good as you'd like it. it. hasn't been as crisp as you'd like it from Trevor Lawrence to Evan Ingram. But uh, they've been fairly effective. Short and intermediate. And he's been a little bit of a safety blanket, uh, safety valve for Trevor Lawrence in those areas of the field. So do you bring back Evan Ingram? Do you just try to attack this position in the draft? Do you try to get cheaper and just bring in someone who might not have uh, earned a featured role yet, but maybe has the talent to do so? That's going to be an interesting decision for the Jaguars. Um, Got a couple more I wanted to look at here before we wrap up. Josh Allen. You don't have to make a decision on Josh Allen this offseason. You have him under contract through 2023. You're also free to use the franchise tag following 2023 if you want to. Uh, But do you want to go ahead and extend him following the 2022 season, which to this point hasn't been quite what you've wanted it to be? He started out gangbusters over the first four weeks. He's still been great against the run. He's still been good in coverage. But the, the pass rush isn't really coming to life the way you thought it would based on what you saw early in the season. Do you extend him immediately following 2022? Could you get a team-friendly deal? Do you wait and see and you just pay him the $11 million of the fifth-year option um, and just see how he performs in 2023 and then make a decision following that? Do you trade him before the draft and stock up on more draft picks? I- I'm probably in the camp of see what he does in 2023 in his fifth year, his second year in in the Mike Caldwell system, assuming Mike Caldwell stays around. 
um, and just see how it plays out. The worst that could happen is he has a really good year, signs elsewhere, and you end up with a comp pick. The best thing that could happen is he has a great year and you're able to figure out how to keep him. I think that's what you would want overall. Uh, But if you could get a first-rounder for him prior to the 2023 draft, and he, and he doesn't ramp up his play over the next seven games, I could see that. I could see it. But I'm probably more in the wait and see what he does in 2023. You don't have to make a decision right now. You do have the power of the franchise tag. There's a lot of different ways to keep him around if he does play really well. And uh, I, I would probably do that. I, I would want to keep Josh Allen around again. It's at what cost, right? What long-term cost? Uh, so we'll see how that all all plays out with the Jaguars and Josh Allen. He likes to be here. He's a leader, team captain on defense. He's a really good football player. He's just not sacking the quarterback as much as you'd like. Final one I wanted to look at, and uh, this is another 2021 free agent signing, Jamal Agnew. He has a $5.5 million cap hit. He doesn't really play all that much on offense. He's mostly just the most dangerous returner in football. And you've seen him really perform at that level since coming back from injury, being really dangerous. If you cut him pre-June 1, you save $3.2 million. If you cut him post-June 1, you save $4.3 million. I'm not, I'm not pinching pennies to get rid of Jamal Agnew. I think that he does have more potential in this offense. And at the very least, he is the most dangerous returner in the game, in my opinion. So I'd be trying to keep Jamal Agnew around at all costs. But that's another way that if the Jaguars are feeling cash-strapped or they're feeling like they need to um, need to you know clear some cap space, maybe they restructure, maybe they move on. I wouldn't. I would not want to move on from Jamal Agnew. I wouldn't want to let that type of guy out of my building. Too explosive, too fast, too good with the football in his hands. That's just me. But that's it. All right, that's that's a lot of these big contract and roster decisions the Jaguars are going to have to face and, and start figuring out and probably are already trying to figure out. But they're going to have to make these decisions early on in 2023. We'll see how it plays out. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Again, if you want to support the channel further, You can become a channel member here on YouTube. You can also check out genjag.com, pick up some new Duval gear. Happy Friday, y'all. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.